On Macquarie Radio NTS, this is What's Cooking with Merida Conway, bringing you a tasty assortment of all things food and wine. Hello there and thank you so much for joining me on What's Cooking. I've got such a lovely show lined up for you today. We'll be chatting to Chef Spencer Patrick from Harrison's Restaurant in Port Douglas. Also James Grosjean from the Good Beer Company about Barrier Reef Beer. We'll be having a chat to Alistair McCausland from Fonterra about the Fonterra Proud to be a Chef program, which I feel very passionate about. And then following up from that is a lovely chat to Buddha Black, who's the executive chef at Mateo's Restaurant in Melbourne, who's one of the mentors of the Fonterra Proud to be a Chef program this year. And lastly, we'll be chatting to Ian Curley and answering your Curley questions. Guess who's coming to dinner with Nerida Conway. And thanks for listening to What's Cooking. Now I'm joined on the, down the line I like to say, with Spencer Patrick who's the owner and chef at Harrison's in Port Douglas and Bucci and just an all over amazing chef really and a good guy. How are you Spencer? I'm good, how are you guys? I'm good. How is it up there in tropical north? Oh, absolutely fantastic, fantastic. It's um, hot as usual, blue skies and all that. Is it getting a little bit stingy at this time of year, like you never, never go because you never, never come back? (laughs) (laughs) It is a little bit. I mean, it's it's going to be started there, the wet season soon, or we like to call it the green season. But, um, but, you know, it's just just luscious and beautiful and uh, it's all good. Okay. And so uh, uh, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, which is beer, one of my favourite topics... Uh, tell me what's uh, on the horizon for you in terms of uh, produce that you've got happening up there. Um, well, it's a really good time of year up here. Um, the Tablelands, which is you know is the, yes. is the, the most beautiful uh, food bowl we have up here and uh, all around. It's all the all the stone trees and stuff are coming in now, and all those um, all that um, all the tropical um, stuff and all the fish is up to you fantastic yeah. time of year. What what fish um, is in season at the moment or, or coming into summer? Well, the, the fish is just—it's easier to catch this time of year because the water is a little bit warmer as well, and so all the all the um, mud crabs and stuff are all around. And they're too hot um, to swim very fast away from the hook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. And um, you know, all the coral trout and all those beautiful yeah. fish, all the all the reams and stuff. Yeah, and no, it's a fantastic time of year for me. Do you fish yourself? Um, I fish with the kids. Yeah, we well where the house is. In the, in the and I'm not talking about a trout farm, by the way, with the kids. <laughs> in, in the in the uh, we're, we're really lucky where the house is. The back of the house is uh, there's the uh, river, which oh. we can get all the mud crabs in. The front of the house is where um, where the ocean is, oh. and so uh, we we put a rod or a net out there, and we um, you never know what you're going to get. It's potluck, you know. Sometimes you might get a little stingray, or you might get um, you know. Um, Beautiful little um, mullets and things like this. No, it's, it's good you don't fun. eat stingray, though, do you? No, no, no we do. We indigenous eat them, but um, but not these ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what about the crocodiles? Do you, I think you should put them on your menu. They really, mm. they should only be bags, shoes, or on a menu, in my opinion. I know. And the crocodiles. There's lots of crocodiles around here at the moment because um, they're not being cold, you know. But um, but they are um, they're, they're kind of overbreeding, overpopulating. So Yuck. we're seeing a lot of crocodiles around at the moment. Oh, uh, horrid. Mm, mm, I think it's cool, though. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm from London. <laughs> and I you're see a... all these dodgy, pe- dodgy people in Soho and in all the streets, but down there you see dodgy crocodiles. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> okay, so tell me about your involvement with uh, Great Barrier Beer. Okay, so when you came up to Taste for Douglas last year, you, you saw James, didn't you? And his, I uh, saw James and beer. I tried mm. the beer and I was really impressed with it. Yeah, so that's no, why. Really yeah. yeah, and it's just, a, yeah. it's just a different sort of a thing. So tell us about Great Barrier Beer. Well, Great Barrier Beer is a mid, mid-strength beer, but James, James Goujon is a fantastic guy and, um, and basically 50% of all the proceeds go to help the, um, save, save the reef. 
Love um, it. Which is absolutely fantastic. So, you, you know, drink beer and, um, and, you, save, and you, you save a part of the planet as well. So um, with, with me, especially for my restaurant, I can pretty much see the Great Barrier Reef and uh, it just it just makes it... Uh, oh, so good. You know, I, I've just got to do it. And it, it's great. But also what's happening as well is that there's going to be another beer brewed. It's going to be either a blonde beer, which yep. is going to be um, headed by Ryan Squires. Yeah, and uh, there's going to be a cider by Ben Donahue, or I'm going to be um, heading the um, the Kolsch Pale Ale. And when you say buy is, these other chefs, what does that mean? Um, basically, you've got to vote for these chefs. Okay, okay. So, so we're all having a bit of a competition here. <laughs> the chef who gets the most votes, then that beer or the cider uh, will go into production. Are they making it though? Are you like? Are they? Is Ben making that cider? No, no, no. Just put, put his name. Just to put it. his name to it. Okay. I was yeah, going to yeah, say. I mean, I know Ben's a good chef, but hello. Yeah, no, no. He can't make cider. <laughs> he can make me. cider. He, he can drink enough, but that's about it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I bet he's pretty much a shandy drinker anyway. <laughs> oh, so okay. So you're going to win hands down. Yeah. So listen, I need your help, guys. So you need to go onto um, the Facebook side. Go go to the good. Beer company, the Good Beer Company, the Good Beer Company, and you scroll down and you get to vote. Okay, it's very very easy links to follow. Yes, and uh, you scroll down. Ryan Squires, Spencer Patrick, or Ben Donahue, and I need you all to press um, the Spencer Patrick button. The <laughs> Spencer because Patrick button. Yes, the Spencer Patrick button. We love pushing your ale. buttons, Spencer. Everyone, <laughs> everyone loves to drink pale ale. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's going to be a fantastic. Of course, we do. Yeah, yeah. So do me a favour. No, I do expect you to vote for me on this. Oh, hello. So, so, I've already um, voted yeah. <laughs> in my mind, and I'll just I'll make the transition to doing it in real life soon. Yeah, fantastic. Now, Spencer, yep. when you mm-hmm. say that the money goes to helping save the reef, what does yep. that mean? Like, how well, goes, how does that work? It goes to the Conservation um, Reef Society. So, um, so all the proceeds go to there just just to help them fund their research. Okay. And all the, Into all coral the, bleaching, um, bleaching and things like coral that? bleaching. Yeah, all okay. that. Yeah. Which okay. is um, not going too well at the moment. Now, what about uh, what, they need to put some of that money towards educating Nuff Nuffs because I, being one of them, when I went uh, snorkeling out, admittedly, the Low Isles, but still mm-hmm. part of the reef, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm a little bit uncoordinated perhaps in the water, and there was, you know, quite a few of us, and there's fins flipping everywhere, clocking into the coral. Not yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> not cool. So I think there needs to be a little bit more money spent on teaching people perhaps the basics of etiquette. That'd that'd yeah. be a good start. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. No, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, I think it's all down to to the people who do all the tours as well. Is you know, it's objective. It's very. <clears throat> we make a lot of money out of the tour, out of the tourism, yeah, of the reef. But um, but you know, people have got to respect it, and people have got to. Uh, you know, look forward to their children and children's children uh, being yeah. able to have a look at it too. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. That's mm. That would just be, I can't even wrap my head around it not being there. Just tragic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where can people buy this beer? And if you're not in Queensland, can you get it? Yeah, you can, you can. Well, James is going to be on uh, after me and he's going to tell you exactly where you can buy it. Yes. But, uh, it's in. The, it's, it's all over Queensland now. Okay. Um, I'm going to get all my all my chef friends to stock it in their restaurants as well. Good. Uh, is it uh, BSW? Is that right? B- yes, B- BSW. Um, yeah. B- yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so it's in all of those as well. So it's really, really, really going gangbusters, and, and especially when the pale ale comes out as well. It's going to get. And and just quickly, Spencer, uh, mm-hmm. if you were making me lunch today, mm-hmm. what would you make me to go with some of this beautiful pale ale? 
Oh, what would I do? Well, what we've done now with Harrison's, we've turned it into Bistro H, and Harrison's is going to be moving into the Sheraton Mirage in um, in February. So oh, that's exciting. Food, mm, it is very exciting for us. So the food I'm doing at uh, Bistro H now, it's called Bistro H by Harrison's, is nice. really, really good. Um, scrumptious food, which I like to eat. Yeah. So we've got things on like, like um, Welsh rarebit and smoked hot croquettes with Branson pickle. We've got, um, you know, like crispy pig's ears. We've got all that kind of stuff going okay. on. To me, sitting down, eating really munchy stuff, it just gets those uh, taste buds going yeah. and drinking a nice it. cool beer with it. Love it. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for chatting to us. Have a wonderful rest of the week up there and uh, get on board with... Um, with Great Barrier Beer, and yep. we'll be chatting to James about that shortly. Fantastic. Thanks for All chatting right. to us, Spencer. You, this you is, take care. Lovely speech as always. This has been Spencer Patrick from Harrison's in Port Douglas. Now, it's my shout with Nerida Conway. Hello, and welcome back to What's Cooking. Now, I'm speaking to James Grujon at the moment. James is from The Good Beer Company, founder, brewer, all-round good guy that comes from Upper North Queensland. How are you, James? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. We are very interested in your beer. I had some when I was up there in uh, Port Douglas at the Taste of Port Douglas, and I love the packaging, and, of course, that's initially what drew me. It was a little bit novel. But we've just been having a chat to Spencer Patrick about, uh, you know, the fact that some of the proceeds of your beer goes to reef sustainability. That's right. That's right. And Spencer um, is a very good man who's one of our very early pioneers for, for Great Barrier Beer and what we're doing at the Good Beer Co., which is really simple concept. We make it easy for people to enjoy a really good beer and do good for a cause that they care about at the same time. So Spencer um, contacted me and said, hey, look, I'd really love to try the beer. He tried it, really liked it, and now is... is um, Stocking it in his fantastic two restaurants in in, uh, in Port Douglas, and you know, got me along to taste Port Douglas, and has been really supportive, and that that's been one of the the things that's been really encouraging um, about the Good Beer Co. From mm. a really early start, we've only been going really since we brewed our first beer in in February, which we crowdfunded. Yeah, um, fantastic. And just people like Spencer, and lots of really great restaurants and, and hotels and bottle shops and pubs Love and bars. It. Whereabouts do you brew the beer? So the beer's brewed for us by a, a, an amazing um, brewery company called Bagara Brewing Company in Bundaberg, mm-hmm. um, and they're uh, they're a really awesome company in, in the sense that I couldn't have helped hope for a better partner. They, oh, good. They're very careful uh, from an environmental perspective about how they brew their beer. They're very supportive of their local community. They're really interested in working with local producers, and and they're run by um, a, a really awesome guy called Jack Milbank, who has a background as an agronomist in working in the agriculture community to look at issues like preventing runoff and pollution in the reef. So I couldn't have hoped for a better partner. And, and they've, in our first beer, come up with a really awesome mid-strength session Indian Pale Ale that people are really enjoying drinking. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask next, that the beer actually tastes good. It's a good product. It's not just a gimmicky thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's absolutely critical for us because, you know, we, we want to do an awful lot of good by selling a lot of beer. And obviously that means the beer's got to be really good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the first thing here. This is about, you know, people buying the beer because they really enjoy the beer and then enjoying the fact also that they've done some good at the same time. So yeah. you imagine somebody, you know, in a yeah. bottle shop thinking, you know, I'm going to buy that beer because I like it, but yeah. I also feel good about the fact that I've done some good. Yeah. Um, or you, or you maybe imagine a couple of people, so, um, you know, standing at a bar thinking, well, should we have another 
bottle of, of, of Great Barrier beer, yeah, why not? Because it's a great beer, but it's also oh, doing I good see what you're doing. So, I see. Um, but the quality of the beer is really, really important. And in Bagara Brewing Company, we've got a, a really amazing um, craft beer partner. And you know, I've been I've been really impressed with the, the way in which they've supported what they're trying to do. But also just the take up of the beer from beer drinkers and, and people like Spencer who really enjoyed the beer from a from a beer perspective. You know, really great Queensland craft beer. So what you're saying is that people can actually legitimately feel good about getting hammered. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, I'm definitely not saying that. So, <laughs> so you're still you know, advocating we're, responsible. We're, we're, look, with craft beer um, is part of a real revolution in, in, in Queensland yeah. um, and across Australia, which is basically people are drinking less beer, but they're drinking more, more quality. craft beer. Yes. They're drinking differently, so they're yeah. drinking for pleasure. 51% of craft beer drinkers are women. Yes. You know, so women are making the switch. So they're going for quantity, for quality, not quantity. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so we you know, we say drink socially responsibly. Yes, of course. Um, and, you know, in, in our first beer, which is a session IPA, we've got a beer that's a mid-strength, so it's 3.5%, so people can enjoy it. Yeah. As a session beer in the sunshine, you know, people like Spencer and, and, and you know, Ryan Squires, at Esquire Restaurant in, in Brisbane and, and Ben O'Donoghue at Billy Cart in Brisbane also, you know, both of whom, like Spencer, are back in our crowdfund campaign that we're running. Mm-hmm. Now, whereabouts can people find your beer if they're not in Queensland? So the easiest place to find the beer at the moment is in BWS bottle shops. It's in every single one across Queensland now, which is a really big milestone for us and a real yeah, shot in the congrats. arm. We've got really great support from them. But it's also in about 50 different venues across um, across really Queensland all the way from South East Queensland right up to Port Douglas. Okay, and but so what about if you're in Melbourne or Sydney? Where to get it would be go to the, the goodbeerco.com.au and that's our website and we've got all our stockists listed on there. Okay, all right, excellent. Uh, and how much money to, uh, per beer, for example, how much money goes towards uh, the Barry Reef conservation? So as a social enterprise, we give 50% of our profits to our charity partners. Oh, um, that's now, a lot. as a startup business we're not yet profitable and we will be as we start to grow with partnerships like BWS and you know we just put our beer onto P&O cruise ships and we're working wow. with Zambrera restaurant chain so that's coming. That's fantastic. But we also give a clip from every single sale to uh, the Australian Marine Conservation Society because you know as, as a social enterprise beer company we exist to make money for our charity partners and, to, yeah. and also to kind of open up a massive audience for them of, of beer drinkers. So, you know, mm. what we're finding for the Australian Marine Conservation Society is we've, we've raised only $15,000 for them so far. But what we've also done is um, given them a platform for much more PR and media coverage. Yeah. You know, it's conversations like the one I'm having with you now where we're talking about the reef. You know, the Prime Minister and Barnaby Joyce, the Deputy Prime Minister, came to Bagara Brewing Company to do a visit um, to see, you know, what impact they were having on that local community. Mm. And, and I was there to pour them a Great Barrier beer. And so the Prime Minister was having a conversation in front of journalists about the reef. So it's, it's all that kind of, I guess, additional um, ability for the charities to have a conversation with a much larger audience. Yeah, awesome. That sounds wonderful. Well, James, <clears throat> excuse me, good luck with your beer and thank you so much for taking the time to tell us all about it. Um, no problem at Are all. you happy to give our listeners some of your beer to try? I'd love to, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you know, we, 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 we'd love people to try and I think that's the most important thing because, you know, 99% of the time people try Great Barrier Beer. They, they love, love it, it. Okay. they recommend it to their so, friends. Uh, if you would like to win some Great Barry beer, just jump on to our website at whats-cooking.com.au and tell us why you would like to win some of James's beautiful uh, 
good beer, company beer. And we will choose a winner and send you out some. Thank you so much for chatting to us, James. No problem. You're listening to What's Cooking. Guess who's coming to dinner with Nerida Conway. And welcome back. Sitting with me in the studio now is Alistair McCausland from Fonterra, Proud to be a Chef program. How are you, Alistair? I'm great, Nerida. Thanks for having me. Now, we're here today to talk about the Proud to be a Chef program, which is, I guess, Fonterra's baby. For our listeners, tell us a little bit about the program as a whole. The Proud to be a Chef program (laughs) is designed to support and develop the apprentice chefs out there in Australia. Yep. We know there's a massive shortage of good apprentices. Chefs constantly tell us they can't get good apprentices into their businesses. Why is that, by the way? I think that uh, we probably see, when we speak to a lot of chefs, we hear that there's probably a mismatch in terms of apprentices coming into the industry, Mm. what they see on TV versus what they're actually doing when they get into the working environment. As we know, it's it's long, it's hard, it's challenging work in a hot environment with knives, so it does create a bit of a, a pressure bubble. But yeah. um, So when you think around young people getting into the industry, it is a hard place for them to be. So yeah. really the program's designed to help develop and support those people that are going to be future food service leaders. And really it's about giving them the support and mentoring that they otherwise wouldn't get to really help them kick on and have a long, fulfilling career. It's amazing. I think it's just such a positive thing. And having talked to apprentice chefs who have been through the program and then mentors who are, you know, obviously well-regarded, well-respected chefs who look after the, the people going through this program, you know, the feedback has been absolutely glowing. I've had the pleasure of speaking to similar chefs mm. and uh, I guess the great thing with the Proud to be a Chef program is that it is genuinely focused on supporting and developing these young apprentices. So the fact that there's a lot of culinary competitions out there that are very much in the cut and thrust of you win or you lose, yeah. the Proud to be a Chef program we take 32 apprentices and bring them to Melbourne. A lot of these wow. apprentices have from never... From all over Australia? From all over Australia. Mm-hmm. So regionally, you know, we get a lot of apprentices that have never been on a plane, let alone never wow. been to Melbourne. Do they have to actually already be an apprentice chef to do the program? Yes, that's right. So they need to be registered and... Employed. Uh, employed yep. and um, part of a registered culinary okay. apprenticeship. And then we bring them to Melbourne and we give them this experience that they would... Would never have. They would never have. Yeah. Um, and so what, like, take me through the program itself. What experiences are those? So we do four days in Melbourne. Mm. We fly the apprentices into town and we have a balance of actual cooking masterclasses. So we bring the mentors that we're working with. So this year, Buddha Lowe, who's, as it turns out, was a contestant in the past. Yeah, and he's going to be talking to us soon. I'm excited to chat An amazing to chef. So yeah. he will actually be doing a masterclass. We have other chefs that come in and, and do actual cooking demonstrations and development, uh, which we do at William Anglis. We're also then going out to the Melbourne seafood market so that they can actually understand where their food's coming from and and basically how they can uh, work with suppliers. Wow, that's awesome. And I guess, you know, I mean, I learn things every day from chatting to the different chefs that we talk to, but things like the fact that fish and seafood, for example, is seasonal. I mean, not everyone knows that. Yeah, correct. So... I think for them to actually understand where things come from, Mm. lead times, um, and also working with distributors so that they can understand when they place an order, why it's going to take... Exactly why it's going to take the time it does, where it comes from. And also, you know, in terms of what they experience during the program, you know, you were telling me off air that they get to go and eat some amazing food. 
Yeah, that's right. The uh, If you think about an apprentice chef, um, they have a, an appetite to taste great food and go to great restaurants. Unfortunately, they don't always have the salary to be able to and, and maybe nev- do that. And maybe none of them ever have. Correct. So we think the um, there's a great opportunity. We do three main dinners where they go out uh, and eat at some of Melbourne's best restaurants. Oh, can you just tell us where they're going this year? Uh, we are working with a few. So uh, we'll be kicking off at Mateo's, which has yeah. been an institution down here in Melbourne. Fantastic two chef hats. Exactly. Uh, and Buddha and Mateo will be talking about what makes that restaurant so great. Oh, awesome. And uh, the gala dinner is probably the highlight. So that's where we actually reward and acknowledge the chefs over the, the three days. And okay. we're going to be having that at the RACV Club. Again. Oh, nice. Another bit of a Melbourne institution. Yes. So fine food, fine experiences and, and, and great opportunity for the apprentices. Oh, that is so exciting. Is this, I know we've said it, the competition's open to you know, any apprentices Australia-wide, but what is the criteria for how do they apply to be in this program? Yeah, good. And, cre- you know, you're capped at 32. Correct. The, um, so the, promo- uh, the competition's live at the moment, mm. um, wraps up on the 13th of November, so not long for people to uh, get their entries in. They need to go to the Proud to be a Chef website or they can find us on Facebook and they need to submit an original recipe. An original recipe, okay. Exactly, so don't just uh, no, pull out. No copying and pasting exactly. from taste.com. Yep, so we're... <laughs> Obviously, we're looking for... And sorry, with the recipe, does it have to be complicated or simple or, you know, does it have to... We want to see what the apprentices can deliver and and what it it shows about themselves. So we're not looking for the high end. We're looking for how the chefs are thinking, how they're thinking about the ingredients working Ah, in in the dishes. And then we'll judge that. We'll also read their submission as to why they Mm. want to be involved in the program. So I guess we're, we're looking for those apprentices that have that real yearning to improve themselves. Yeah. Um, and as you say, 32, it's always very difficult. Yeah. Certainly the last. It, sorry, can I just ask the ones who don't make it in yep. for whatever reason, but are still keen, do you get in touch with them to offer them? Because this is ongoing. This is not just, I mean, I know that we're coming up close now to the deadline, but this is going to keep going. So they've got an opportunity for next year, haven't they? Yeah, correct. So we, um, we've seen some great results of people that haven't made it in one year yeah. and the following year they'll submit. And I guess the thing that's great is that we do give them feedback as to oh, what good. was good or what they could look at improving and, and certainly seeing them back as an that's entrant awesome. next year. And what's Fonterra's tie just briefly to this, like why did Fonterra, which is obviously a very, very well-known, you know, enormous company that's predominantly dairy, What what is the link? So I guess where it gets back to is we're really passionate about the food service business. Yeah. Um, we don't see ourselves as just a supplier that sells products. We see ourselves as having, having a role of supporting and continuing to develop. Which is so awesome, I've got industry. to say. Yeah, well, I think it's... You know, it's an altruistic campaign for us to actually mm. support those who support us. Yeah, I love it. So I guess this started, as I say, 18 years ago, mm. um, and it's really, it's continued to grow, and for us we see it as a great opportunity just to support those who are supporting us. Oh, it's fantastic. Okay, so um, anyone out there listening, yes, the competition is going to, or the entrance, you can still enter now, Correct. but if you miss the boat... Please just do it. Can they just do it all year round? Or do they, is there a time frame where they send it in? Like could they send it in in January if they yeah, so will you keep the... The 
the thing going? Uh, the actual entries will open each year in about August. Okay. The event happens in Melbourne over February, so yep. we sort of will have that as a showcase, and then in August, again, we'll call for entries. Mm. Um, so August to November, November being uh, the time that sort of the, the TAFE year is wrapping up. So yeah, right. we're working quite hard with the TAFEs to sort of unearth those apprentices who want to be involved, and then uh, if they haven't made it this year, next August is certainly the time to get involved again, but they've got time to, to get involved till November 13. Oh, fantastic. And then just very quickly, um, Jake, who's last year's winner. Yep. So tell me a little bit about what he's doing now. So I mentioned earlier the, the regional um, participants we get. So mm. Jake came from uh, Gippsland, literally a one pub town, um, had been had a, a passion for food and through the program he really showed what he was capable of. Mm. Um, and he's currently over in London working in a hatted restaurant, um, getting an amazing culinary experience because whilst we say everyone's a winner with the Proud to Be a Chef program, yeah. we do have a grand winner and we give them a $7,000 culinary scholarship. Gosh, that's extraordinary. So, yes, Jake's been off in the UK, um, our winner from the year before, went across to the US, um, spent a few months working in an, a number of restaurants over there. So we see that there's... So what you're saying is you don't just have to be a flight attendant... <laughs> to get lots of good travel. Exactly. As a career choice, if you want to be flexible and travel the world and have a great time, although it is hard work, yep. the benefits are that you can pick up and work anywhere. Exactly. And, and Buddha will probably talk to you about that in terms of how a great culinary career can take you from you know Australia yeah. to anywhere in the world. I love it. It's awesome. Okay, well, we're going to just give out the website address one more time, Alistair. Yes, yeah, so people should head to fonterraproudtobeachef.com.au or they can find us on Facebook yes. and all the details are there. And as I say, entries are closed on the 13th of November 2016. Yes, and if you miss the boat, feel free to get on board again next August. And just keep in just keep in touch. Correct. Just stay on, you know, like the Fonterra Facebook page and Proud to Be a Chef Facebook page, and then that way you can just stay in the loop with what's happening. Correct. And certainly as we get into the event in February, we'll continue to share the amazing stories of the apprentices that are part of this year's program. Excellent. Thank you so much, Alistair, for coming in. I love this program. I'm very excited about it. Excellent. And we're going to, you know, support it as best as we can as well. Thank you for having me. Uh, this has been Alistair McCausland from Fonterra, Proud to Be a Chef, and you're listening to What's Cooking. What's new with Nerida Conway? Hello, hello, and you're listening to What's Cooking. I'm sitting here in the studio with Buddha Black, who is an exceptionally talented chef, young chef, head chef at Mateo's in Melbourne. How are you, Buddha? Good morning. I'm um, fantastic, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, we're here to talk about so many different things today because uh, I want our listeners to know who you are and to, you know, give a little bit about your journey. Uh, but Predominantly, I'm interested in chatting to you about the Fonterra Proud to be a Chef program because I'm very, very excited and passionate about that myself. I think it just is such a wonderful program that really gives so much to, you know, the people who we rely on when we want to go out for a nice dinner at the end of the day. Exactly right. You know, those nights where you just don't want to cook for yourself. <laughs> enjoy, you know, enjoy a very nice time, yeah. Absolutely. So you're a Queensland boy. Yes, I am. Yes. And you're about 12. <laughs> 14. 14, yeah, 14 no. yes. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, 
journey started quite early. Yes. Um, I, was, I was waitering food when I was eight years old. And then... Wow. Um, and, you know, which is illegal, right? Yeah, it was illegal. <laughs> but it was, it was, a, it was like a, it was, it was a typical thing, you know. My, parents' my, restaurant? Yes, parents' restaurant. Yeah. Um, which is in Port Douglas, by the way, In Port it? Douglas, 30 years this year. Tell us what it's called. It's called Jaden. Jaden, okay. And, um, yeah, so they, they've... Um, what sort of cuisine? It's Chinese cuisine. Yeah. One of my favourites. So yeah. I've been growing it since I've... My whole life, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, started waitering when I was eight, and then moved on to um, moved on to get a little bit older. And then by the time I reached twelve years old, um, you were my, retired. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Took all my super, and then uh, went to Hawaii. You know. um, so um, I saw my dad cooking, and I thought, "Well, look at this guy." He's like flipping this omelette and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? He's like, flipping an omelette, you want to come do it? I was like, yeah, why Did not? Did he teach you all of his recipes? Well, I don't think all of the recipes. I think okay. I, he's, he's been a chef for 40, <gasps> 45 years now. Wow. So he pretty much started cooking when I started cooking. So okay. my dad wasn't really good at school. So um, he actually repeated grade seven three times. <laughs> And then by time the, to move on. Don't like, yeah. my driver's license. <laughs> like yeah, let's let's go. Let's start cooking. So awesome. And then yeah. now you've come to so so you actually went in this proud to be chef program. Yes, is that how your chefing career sort of kicked off? Well, um, yeah, it's definitely a stepping stone. The yeah. proud to be chef programs. Uh, something that you need to do. Yeah, I, I feel. Yeah, um, okay. Because it gets you in a. In a room full of people that are like-minded, passionate about what they do. And once you're filled with all these people, you get a different feel about what cooking's really about. Yeah, right. And different, you know, you've got people from all around different, um, all areas of the country. Yeah. And then they're coming in and they're all talking and they're like, you're like, wow, there's a lot of passionate, dedicated people here. Yeah, and I want to pursue it and and keep continue working with these sort of people. Oh my gosh! So you've worked for Raymond Capaldi, yes. Um, obviously, one of the greatest chefs in Australia, or in yep. the world, actually, I think. Uh, and now you're at Matteo's Restaurant, which you know, if you haven't eaten at Matteo's Restaurant, you really, really need to. No matter where you live in the country, it is just you're oh, you're very, very talented, and your food is absolutely beautiful. And it's not Asian; it's not like Chinese Chinese food, surprisingly. Um, given that it could be. Yeah. There's definitely influences, obviously, there. Um, but how have you, I guess, come out of that mould to be so not necessarily Chinese cook? Okay, so I would say it's all with my background of cooking. You know, um, obviously, cook with my dad. That's where I learned all my yeah. Chinese and Asian influence. But, you know, I, I did go work for Raymond, who, who showed me all, a lot of different techniques. And then I moved to Europe and I worked for Gordon Ramsay, which is a French fine dining restaurant. And You've then, really copped a hammering, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then I've gone to Mateo, so I've gone through all the levels. And, wow, um, and you're still here. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's all about throwing yourself is, in is the Is Gordon Ramsay really uh, as bad as he seems on television? Everyone says it, but, um, you know, he's, he's one of the most hardest work. He is where he is because yeah. he's an amazing chef. Right. He's an amazing businessman now. Yes. And he's just an amazing person. You yeah. know, I, I, so I didn't get violent and give you wedgies and square and scream at you um, and hit you? No, you, <laughs> I'm not saying he specifically did that, but um, definitely, definitely um, yeah, a couple of bruises here and there. But uh, but it was, you know, uh, I'll, I excelled, I'd say. You sure did. You know, um, as we spent from 6.30 in the morning to about 12.30 at midnight, um, you know, 18 hours of work and, 
if you count 18 hours of work, you actually think that's a double shift. And yeah. then, and if you're doing twice as much work as you normally do a day, so I spent two years Exhausting. there. Exhausting. I essentially spent four years with work in two years. So Gosh, that's full on. It's a lot of experience that you get. That is, yeah. yeah. And then why did you come back to Australia? Um couple of reasons, you know, I, I do love Australia and I think that, you know, I'm definitely going to open something in Melbourne and and um, in Melbourne's home, you know, um, mm. and, and my girlfriend of six years has been waiting for two She's years beautiful. as well. <laughs> and where's she going? She's got a new job, hasn't she? No, she just uh, recently came back from Russia. She worked oh, that's at, right. I remember yeah. reading something about her. Yeah. Yes. Why, and why did she go to Russia? So she, she um, saw how, how it benefited me and she wanted to go to somewhere that's just as highly skilled and so she's moved on to she went to go to Russia and work at White Rabbit which is the number 18th restaurant Gosh. in uh, in the world so she worked there for uh, for the last month and without she speaking the language it. or anything without no <laughs> wow. she can't speak Russian but you know they absolutely loved her of course they would have she's yeah. awesome and she's back here now yeah she's back here wow. now you must have missed her oh uh, Look, it, <laughs> do after, do. after doing two years, we can yeah. do anything. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, it's that good balance. Yeah. So now the Proud to Be a Chef program that's coming up, you've been chosen as a mentor, which I think is an absolutely brilliant choice. Like they couldn't have picked anyone better <laughs> given that you're – just tell our listeners and no one thinks, you know, not in a braggy way but because you're not like that. You're the most beautiful, humble man ever. But I'd love you to tell our listeners about your awards – yeah, because <laughs> um, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. Um, just read uh, the the biggest ones are probably um, being shortlisted for the Age Young Chef of the Year. Yeah. Um, you know, winning two hats was probably the one of the biggest awards I've ever achieved at 25. I think yeah. um, I think that's extraordinary. Um, it is extraordinary. <laughs> you make me want to cry. And then, so sweet. And then, uh, and then uh, in London, I won the Gordon Ramsay Excellence Award. Yes, and then um, and then and now I'm up for the Potentialist Award in um, in Gomeo. So that's uh, that's a very exciting award, which is happening on Monday. Oh gosh, um, fingers crossed! Yeah, it's a very good award. So now, in the meantime, you're sharing your beautiful skills and and you know this beautiful man that you are with these young up and coming proud to be a chef participants. So, what's your role going to be when they come to Melbourne for the four day program? Okay, so um. My role is the mentor chef. So um, when I when I did the program in 2010, yeah. Um, so basically, I'm going to be mentoring them for four days, and I'm just going to give them all the advice and all the skills and all the oh. different techniques. I'm already thinking about all the different stuff that an apprentice chef doesn't have access to, so that I want to teach them while um while at the program. You know, um, probably developing dishes as well, yeah. and how and how important it is to. To, to create dishes and come up with dishes because there's there's chefs that know how to cook but lacking creativity and yes and and all the other way around yeah or like all the other way around you yeah. know um, but you know every, anything that I can teach them and within the four days I'll I'll teach them oh you know? that is so beautiful now we were talking before to Alistair but just for our listeners if they've just joined us uh, how do people apply to get into the program okay so everyone needs to go into Fonterra proud to be a chef um, the website mm-hmm. put in all your details, mm-hmm. submit a couple of recipes using Fonterra um, ingredients. Well, and that's not even mandatory. Yep. So, and, and they send it in? You send it in and yeah. then, um, you know, you, you, got one, you got one out of 32 chances of winning, you know. It's, uh, it's it Ultimately, the prize is, you know, you get, a, you get a scholarship and you get um, 
you get a, a large wad of money to do whatever you want. But, <laughs> That's just amazing. Uh, but, but also the experience and the access to yeah. people like you and to try food exactly. that they've never tried before. And how wonderful well, to, to encourage this exciting. And, I mean, obviously we have to wrap up, but just very quickly, you know, the travel and the, I guess the flexibility that you have by being a chef must be wonderful. It must make up for the hard work. Of course, you know, mm. we're, we're lucky. I, I said this to everyone, you know, we're lucky to be in an industry where we, where we do what we love and um, I can't stress enough about it. You know, it's, it's amazing. I love what I do and and I, and I can't wait to see all the uh, finalists love what they do as well. So. Uh, well, Buddha, you're a beautiful, beautiful man and we're so lucky to have chefs like you in this country. Don't go moving. All right. <laughs> Try not to. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for coming in to chat to us today. Excellent. This has been Buddha Black from Mateo's Restaurant in Melbourne, and you're listening to What's Cooking. Thank you. <laughs> Curly Questions with Nerida Conway and Chef Ian Curley. Welcome back to What's Cooking. I've got Ian Curley from the European Kirk's Wine Bar and French Saloon. How among are you? Other, among other things. Oh, among other, that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg Call with you. For racetrack and Kirk's and yes. the new bar and everything. I'm ticking along at the I moment. I don't understand how you have time to live. Do you know what? I don't now get the it. sun's out, Melbourne just looks amazingly oh, beautiful. Melbourne is you know? the best, isn't and it? And I know that you know we're all over Australia at the moment, mm. as you can imagine. Mm. But uh, Melbourne just looks really good in springtime. It really does. Know? And okay. Sydney's beautiful all year round. So Sydney, just give us Melbourne yeah. in spring. In fact, wouldn't it be good if we could move <laughs> Melbourne to Sydney? You know, Melbourne culture wouldn't in it Sydney. Wouldn't it be? And also, if we could put a, t- a touch of Brisbane in there too with the weather and stuff. Oh, well, Sunshine okay. Coast. I'm going to leave that one there. Sunshine Coast. No. <laughs> You're not really a beachy, though. You're not no, really a beach goer. No, not with this body. No. <laughs> we go, I go inland. I go trekking. Okay. <laughs> I go trekking. Hey, just tell us how the Caulfield races have gone. Went well. This year was really good. They've got a new team out there with uh, the senior management. So their thing this year was to bring the food and beverage right up there with uh, yeah. two. And I would have to say, I think it's probably as good as anything in Australia oh. for um, functions and events wise. That's so stuff. good. Well, I have to say, I had a couple of people. I wasn't VIP to be invited enough. Oh, you didn't get the invite? No. Oh, I sent it. Yes, I'm sure Sorry. you did. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, from afar, I just looked back. I had people texting me during the week saying, Curly has done it again. We had a good week. And showing me these spectacular food shots. Mm, Did lots of charcuterie and cheese and stuff like that. And your chocolate dessert thing looked delicious. Yeah, yeah, it was great. No, we had a really good week and we were very happy with it. Good. You must be knackered now, though. Uh, Yeah, Saturday night was emotional and uh, I recovered (laughs) Sunday, Monday. So, But I actually took 10 days off from the European unpaid just so I didn't have to go back into the European because you can't, you know, you've got your day job. Yeah. But then with the Caulfield thing, I thought I'd take 10 days off so I didn't have to go back into the European and spent a bit more time, which yeah. is good. Because, you can't spread yourself too thin. No, because some of my chefs who are out there, they work at European and French Loon as well. So yeah. they, they leave around about 2 o'clock. So it was good for me to actually stay around and help tidy the fridge and move yeah. things around and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. So yeah. that was good. Oh, good. You know, now, what have you got coming up? Uh, for, for November, we've got uh, a series of dinners mm. on a Monday night in the private dining room of French Saloon, which holds which 20 is people. Which so beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful room. Mm. Uh, it's called Meet the Maker Dinners, 130 bucks a head. Uh, that includes the wine, wow. by the way. So That's you sit awesome. down and you actually get to meet some of Australia's best producers. Like like what sort of producers? Uh, you've got James Madden from Flinders Island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what we'll does he be, do? He's, uh, he basically has got Flinders Island lamb and, and the like, but also some great meats and stuff. Like that. Okay. And also on the 14th of November, we've got John Sussman, who is a, f- a seafood guru. He's and we're timing him 
team up with Ghost Rock Vignola of Tasmania with yeah. wines to match, and that will be incredible. It would be remiss of me not to give away two tickets oh. to somebody who comes up with uh, the name of John Sussman's new book. Oh, okay. And believe you me, it, it, it is the book of books about seafood in Australia. Okay, his name mm. is John, spelt Sussman, S-U-S-M-A-N. Yep. He is the fish head fish yep. man. Yep. If uh, someone can tell us the name of the uh, seafood book that he has produced, it, was, it is incredible. And email us at team at whats-cooking.com.au. Yep. If you can tell us the name of uh, John Sussman's uh, new book, you will get two tickets. Yeah, we get two tickets. You can oh, my gosh. For um, you and a friend. Well, the thing with it is it's in Melbourne. I'm not paying you airfare. No. So. <laughs> Let's be clear. Okay, okay. We keep it to Melbourne only. Yeah. Or you could fly to Melbourne at your own expense. Yeah, Still exactly. well and truly yeah. worth it. And so Monday night, the 14th, he's on the 14th. That's so the 7th, 14th, exciting. 21st and 28th. And also, of course, we've got, we've got Fergus Henson coming to Melbourne That's awesome. on the 26th of November. Gosh, you're and a busy a man. Big, big nights. Yes, that will be a big night. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Well... That's an that's an absolutely cracking deal. That's right, and I will spruik this for the next four weeks. Okay, I, I shall allow it's it. It's going to be good. So Flinders <laughs> Island first on the seventh uh, of November. Oh, that's so wonderful! Be good. And I will be at all of those dinners and talking and spruiking and all that sort of okay. stuff. Okay, be great. That sounds wonderful. Okay. Yeah. All right, now we've got to get on to a couple of curly questions because right. we we can't keep up with them all. No. Um, how do I cook perfectly tender pork chops? I do dry them out. I must say, I do really? have. Yeah, I think your oil's probably on too high. Right. So I'll put your pan on. Make sure you you don't have to put it on too hot for because yeah. it's all white meat. It's, it's essentially like chicken. Yeah, but mine so, goes quite tough. Yeah, what you got to do is cook it. It's got to be in a hot pan, but not too hot. Because very lean, it's actually, not, yeah, isn't it? It's not, not, yeah. not like steak, so there's nothing to keep it moist. Yeah. So you got a, 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 a medium hot pan. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is that. my thing. I blast it. Yeah, that's yeah. And then you, once you see the big crust in it, that's that's not so good. So you okay. want the natural sugars and and the on the actual meat, the protein to cook. So mm. just slowly. Slow and steady wins rice, but like chicken. Okay, and do you finish it off in the oven or do you like I to don't sear it? Personally, not for a chop because okay. I think if anything they're like quite that. quite fat ones you can get, like an, an inch and a half thick. Oh, well, that, that's a bigger chop than I was thinking. Mm. But uh, yes, you could do for that, but also, yeah, not too. 150 slowly. Mm. Now, people put them on too high and it dries out the meat, so on slow. One of my favourite dishes that you make is your pork coletta. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a crumbed. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's funny because we always used to think as kids, we don't need anything crumbed because what are they trying to hide? Everything crumbed. It's great. <laughs> but your crumbing is delicious. Yeah. Your crumbing is not crumbing. crumbing. And also, here's a good tip for everybody. You do it at the last minute. Nobody crumbs or puts it in the fridge. I was going to ask you if you're happy to share with our listeners how yeah. to make this dish. Yeah, absolutely. Just an overview. Yeah. You, you get the pork coletta. You, now, what um, does pork coletta mean? Uh, just cutlet. Okay. So, and cutlet, obviously, with the, uh, with the bone. So yeah. you bash it out a little bit to make it all even. Then you cover it with flour, egg, and breadcrumbs. Yeah. Now, what sort of breadcrumbs? Uh, it's got to be the panko Japanese breadcrumbs. But what we do in the kitchen, and for all pro kitchens, is we use yesterday's herbs. So oh. all the herbs, the parsley the shervil, the whole thing. That, I mean, can roast me and all that sort of mm. stuff. Rather than throwing them away, because we don't waste food, we mm. put them into the breadcrumb mix. So the more greener, the the more herbs you've got in there, the better. Yeah, okay. Because yours tastes quite lemony. Yeah, we've got, got a bit of grated lemon in there and a touch of parmesan okay. as well. Okay. So oh, that's it. yum. Okay. But the secret to all good crumbing is you do it at the last minute, just before really? you need it. Same with the chicken schnitzel, same with all veal cotoletters, oh. veal, veal schnitzels, the whole thing. Is that because it goes soggy if you leave yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. And also, you want that crispness, and the mm. Japanese breadcrumbs do that. So. They are so good. Panko yeah, crumbs. Yeah, we love it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank They're you. They're clever, those Japanese people. They really are. Oh, they right, know they. about food. They invented the Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> they invented a lot of things. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, okay. What can I make in a rice cooker besides rice? Sorry? <laughs> what can I make in a rice cooker besides rice? Oh, you know what? There are there are plenty of things that I guess you could do. I mean, you can use it to reheat stuff like soups and stuff like that if they're in a container and stuff like that. But I think, I mean, a rice cooker is a rice cooker, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you can get the risotto rice, which is like um, the pasta things and what stuff like that. you could like do that? a risotto? Well, like no. Like an absorption? No, the whole thing about the risotto is it needs to be in the pan and you sweat it off and it, and right. the, and it needs to... Um, release the the starch. Right. Okay. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't do it. I don't think. I mean, I guess you could experiment, but I'm not. I'm not. You know what? I don't know. There you go. I'm not. Ooh. I'm not going to say. This is a first. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I, if, if I, you know what I would do if anything? Yeah. I would throw um, in the rice cooker. You could throw some vegetables, and it would help steam the vegetables. Yeah, we could probably do that, that the same time as the rice, couldn't you? Yeah, well, that's right. And also, you know, things like cabbage and stuff like that. You could cut them down and then do that, and it would be able to steam it. But I don't think anything. I mean, mm. there's a certain certain release of the uh, air around it and the moisture for and rice. And I feel like don't give some appliances too much hard work to do. Well, that's just, it. Just that's a rice cooker. I mean, you kind of go, it was a good <laughs> idea at the time, you know. <laughs> My mum swears by a rice cooker. I like them. And I just can't. It always leaves that, you know, they've got the Teflon coating. Yeah. It makes it all gross and weird and hard yeah. and, and sort of yeah. strange around okay. the edge. No, yeah. I prefer the old, good old pan system. Mm-hmm. Don't be all. Just my um, Do you ever, as a chef, do you ever refer to other people's cookbooks or blogs? Absolutely, uh, not not blogs, but uh, I would look at um, I'd look at somebody else's cookbook for sure and rip off their recipes. Uh, everybody copies everybody, <laughs> and there's no there's no point in anybody saying, "Oh no, I'd never copy anybody it's else." It's so anymore. funny when people say, "Oh, this is my recipe," because no, I rubbish. think, "No, it's not." No, it's not. Everybody copies everybody else. Whether Especially or not when you I borrow it. some of it and then say, "Okay, that's it," mm. you know, yeah, absolutely. I I never, never directly. No, okay. See, never, never a hundred percent. You might buy ninety eight percent of it, but yeah. Well, know. I do feel like you did invent smashed avocado on sourdough <laughs> with Vegemite and chili. That yeah, is I it. Love it. That is and a poached egg and a cobbler mistake. Olive oil is good. Yeah, say. that's a um, mm. that is a, a moment mm. in. Yeah, I love, know, I love it. A, well, a breakthrough my moment. My kids still have that now. Well, yeah. my mother was listening to one of the episodes where you were talking to our listeners about you know avocado mm. and Vegemite. <laughs> on toast and chili flakes. Yeah. And she tried it and mm. she rang up and said, yeah. Tell him he's a star. It's so simple, but it's a, an absolute winner. You never told me. Okay. No, well, I'm telling you now okay, in front of great. everyone. Thank you. <laughs> okay, well, we've got another 70,000 70, questions to get through, but that's a start. Okay, let's get into it next week. Then. We'll get into it next week. Okay. All right, well, uh, take care and thank you so much for these tickets we're going to give away to our listeners. Right. Thanks for coming in to chat to us, Curls. My pleasure, Nerida. <laughs> see you next week. We'll see you next week. You're listening to What's Cooking on Macquarie Radio NTS.